So I had this notebook and I would just walk around and ask people in public, just strangers that I would walk up to that look lonely. I would like target people. I wouldn't like, it wasn't like random. I'd like be like, oh, that person looks like family. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, I have a family. They're probably fine. I'm like, oh, but this like lonely little guy over here. Like, let's go talk to him. And I would just walk up and I cannot believe I would ask this to people. I would go, if you could ask God one question, what would you ask him right now? And most people would be like, get away from me. (laughs) Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two men's prayer breakfast connoisseurs. X oh, men's man. prayer breakfast connoisseurs. <laughs> Did you have men's prayer breakfasts growing up? Oh, or, I mean, um, not growing up. Well, I mean, there was like breakfast and such growing up, but <laughs> breakfast definitely existed. Breakfast was a thing <laughs> at church and stuff, but... Like the particular men's prayer breakfast that started happening probably like college and after. Yeah. But. It was always at like the butt crack of dawn, too. It was like, all right, at 6 a.m., we're all going <sighs> to pray and talk about how we jacked off. <laughs> it kind of was that. It was always like, okay, like, what's the struggle this week? And everybody's like, yep, yep, same thing for everybody in this whole group. Yep, yeah. Yep, same, yep, 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 you're. <laughs> You're you're a male between the age of twelve and <laughs> and, and death. <laughs> yeah, it was always like five a.m. at a Denny's somewhere that everyone because always someone either worked in like construction or someone had to be up somewhere at like six forty-five. So we always had we always had it. We always had it. Um, was at, it at like, church? We would. Li- Ours was at uh, when I was at the University of Alabama. It was at the Baptist Campus Ministries, and we would, you know, be to be frank, the guys would like just make pancakes together, and that was kind of cool. Oh, um, I nice. never helped. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, never because I I went like two or three times because I liked sleeping. There were so many like extracurriculars with church, like. Yes. You had your Sunday morning. I almost like envy now the people who were just like, ah, I'm just going on Sunday morning. That's it. Because I did like Sunday morning, oh, yeah. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Like, yep. So it was a whole thing. Whole week was booked. Hey, Evan, want to go and do this fun thing? No, I got church for the fifth time. This I week. got AV practice or something like that. <laughs> I got discipleship week quarterly reporting that on wednesday night yeah there was always an activity every week we would have like like most sunday nights was some form of like 
either youth group special kind of night. Like there was some for like, oh, like the seniors are graduating. We're going to have like a special prayer thing. And then, or it was like, oh, it's a family game night. We're going to do this. And it was like dress up like Bible characters night. I don't know. There's always something going on. Like we were probably at church growing up like three to four days a week. It was. Can we talk about how uh, dress up like Bible characters is dressed in the same costume as everyone else? <laughs> Just have like robes like on a little bit yeah <laughs> i mean like <laughs> just just robes basically dress as someone from the desert in biblical yeah. times like yeah. now i'm paul now i'm peter <laughs> <laughs> i turn my hat backwards now i'm peter <laughs> i go to the bathroom i'm adam <laughs> <laughs> oh man Awesome. Well, today we're kind of focusing on uh, last week we did an interview of me and my story. And today we're flipping the script and we're going to oh. be talking about uh, Scott Moran and Uh-oh. his story to where he got to where he is today. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Um, Scott and I have been friends for a long time. We've had some great deep conversations and which kind of Aww. like blossomed. Um, what you didn't know? <laughs> oh, yeah. All those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's just, just, just being sweet out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Know, just, a lot of combos. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a little bit of, just a little piece of candy. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's figure out how I, how the heck I got here. How am I on a podcast now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to start off with kind of an icebreaker. And we touched on it uh, um, a little bit. Um, yeah. What do you think was kind of one of the more bizarre extracurricular activities you've done? for church oh you've got like for church Hmm. yeah so you've got like you know uh your sunday morning worship which everybody would be like that's a normal church thing but then Mm -hmm. like which one looking back were you just like i don't know if that i don't know if that did anything um there was a lot of things i did on my own outside of church that i would think are weird but as far as like an activity that was scheduled um I mean, I feel like we talked this, but like apologetics courses always were like an extra that I would like look mm. for. I remember being like a young kid, like third, fourth grade, and they would do like apologetics. And apologetics is basically the science of defending your faith. And you like work through questions and scenarios and like, all right, if someone approached you with this question. How would you respond? Or how can you sort of like work through the logic of how this point of theology works? Kind of like heavier yeah. stuff, but I was like, I just remember in like third grade, I joined, I signed up for a class at a church and I went on like a Wednesday night and it was like me plus like a bunch of like 30 and 40 year old dads and then just like one third grader. And there was like this older pastor, uh, he was like a former pastor, but he was like a, just like older gentleman that like really was passionate about it. And he was like leading us on like a whiteboard and you know, just like yarn string everywhere, like on the board. Like. That's always the way <laughs> apologetics courses go. Is it's just like, you know, if you connect this dot to over here and this dot to yeah. over here and this dot to over here. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That feels that stands out to me. Otherwise, just like the random like youth group game crazy nights that we would like. Yeah. They, I, I think I mentioned like car bashes. Like they would buy a car, like a used car for probably like fifty bucks, and they would just invite teenagers from the neighborhood and the youth group to come out in the parking lot and just beat up a car in the name of God. We did that <laughs> once in high school. Very strange. Like, where did that come from? Who started that 
trend? Which youth group minister was like, this is the first now, one? We did it as a pep rally in high school. Like we um, bought like a used car from like a junkyard and painted it as the rival team. Oh. And then just like smashed it. I think we wrote like bad things about ourselves and like sin <laughs> on the car. <laughs> I don't remember. I I yelled at my mom today. Bust out that headlight, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Bust out that headlight, Jimmy. Get it. Bury that it. sin. What about you, Evan? What was like a weird extra extracurricular? I, just, I think the oddest thing I ever did was it was my youth minister in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, had a job as like an anti-tobacco advocate. And just one weekend he was like, hey, could you guys just come to this seminar? Um and I think it was so he could get like a certification. Oh my gosh. And so he just invited his, you know, <laughs> boys in his youth group to go to it. An anti-tobacco this, uh, seminar? Yeah. Boy. And it was literally just like a classroom with like paneled walls. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, and I remember just kind of sitting there thinking like, this ain't it. Not <laughs> all of us are fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of us are fine. We don't need this. <laughs> yeah, I don't need this. Like even today, I don't smoke tobacco that much. That's that's that is kind of odd. That's a strange one. Let's let's dive in. Let's let's get into Scott. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. Let's crack open the book. This is the topic. That's what I live for. Yeah, me being the topic. <laughs> Yeah, but Scott Moran, if no one knows, hates being the center of attention. I so do. This episode is going to be about three minutes. This will be rough, long. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of start out. Let's let's take it back to the beginning. Okay. Um, as uh, they say in the sound of music, let's start with the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Perfect. Um, what was your experience like growing up with uh, church? Did you grow up in church? If so, what was that? Yeah. What was that like? What were you like? Yeah, I was like the definition of born and raised in a church. Like my first week out of the hospital, I was in a Sunday school classroom, like nursery, you know, so it was the the following week. <laughs> so there was no gap in church attendance. John uh, 316, <laughs> <laughs> I was quoting verses right out of the womb. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, born into it. I mean, it was by, um, I mean, we went to church every Sunday. It was a Southern Baptist church, so it was a little old school. Not like, sometimes I say Southern Baptist people, and they think, like, we were, like, waving fans, and, like, you know, we were, like, fire and brimstone, and everyone wears suits all the time. But, like, it was just, is Southern Baptist it's church in Indianapolis a theology, but it was a little, like, our church recently i mean that by like the 80s like like had like finally like uh allowed dancing in the church and like gambling and like so it was, like, it was a little bit more like in the church well like <laughs> if they heard like you had like a poker night they would have been like <gasps> like people to clutch their pearls in the past and like then i remember in youth group we were playing euchre and like some of the older folks would be like that's gambling we can't do that in church and we'd be like it's euchre like who cares we're playing cards um uh for those of us who are not from the Midwest, uh, quick oh, euchre, sidetrack. Yeah. Uh, explain what euchre is. I honestly forget the rules. Now. I used to play it every day in high school, but it's a card game with nines and up <clears throat> in the deck. And I don't know, you just kind of like go around, you have certain pairs, you got to try to outscore your opponents. It's a very Midwest game. I, I realize that not the whole 
country even knows what euchre is or has played. I had never heard of euchre before I came to yeah. Indianapolis. It's a, it's a very mean, Midwest, if not even Indiana, kind of card game. But I thought it was a swear that someone said. But that. people at our church thought it was like gambling, even though there was no money laying around at all. Yeah. But, um, but I just like the idea of a church having a basement casino f- to raise money. <laughs> we have gambling now. <laughs> <laughs> so For the women's shelter now down the street. Yeah. Blow all your money. I mean, honestly, that would probably be a pretty good use case. We need oh, church sure. casinos to kick off. Church casinos. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my upbringing. So it was just, in, you know, we went to VBS all the time as a kid and like, kids church stuff and um you know my family my dad's side is very catholic and then my mom's side is very southern baptist so there was like kind of everybody in my family was you know involved in church there was not really anybody that was like oh we don't really you know we don't go or we do something else like it was everybody i knew growing up was part of the church so it felt very normal um how does that, how does a, so you've got Catholic on one side and you've got yeah. heavily Southern Baptist on the other. Um, how do they mesh? Yeah. Well, as a kid, I didn't realize that there was so much like drama in the background. Like I thought everyone gets along. We all go to church and it's the same for everybody. And I remember going to mass for the first time and it was like, this is weird. Like this feels like, you know, a strange like ritual. Um, but then, stand like up, finding out down, that, stand up, sit down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Um, and then, One like, I, I found out, like, later as an adult that, like, there was a little bit of beef in my family of, like, you know, just people who were, because my dad convert, he grew up Catholic. And then when he married my mom, he, uh, like, converted to be a Southern Baptist. And I mm. think my dad's side of the family was more like, no, you need to stay Catholic. And my mom's side is like, well, you have to get married in Southern Baptist church. And so it was just all this kind of, interdenominational kind of, you know, just like which team are you rooting for more? Um, it didn't impact a ton though. It was just, it wasn't until like as an adult, I realized though, that there's a lot going on in the background, um, with the family yeah. kind of drama. I think it's weird that you have uh, Southern Baptists who will be critical of other religions like Hinduism, Islam, Judaism of being very much like rule oriented especially when it comes to marriage. Yeah. Um, but then they are very much just like, but you also can't be unequally yoked. No. You know, yeah. you have to, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Marry as a Southern Baptist. You know, you have to marry somebody who's Christian. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty hard line. That, I mean, it wasn't like strict in my house. So I think to like be transparent, it was like, it, it didn't feel like a, a strict religious household or anything. It was just like, it was just very active. You know, we were just very involved. So it was just like very heartfelt, like beliefs. Nothing was like, well, we do this just because it was like, there was always like kind of explanation, but it was just, we were always doing it. We're always like in it, like most yeah. days. So let's um, talk youth group. Yeah. Um, boy, the golden years, the golden years of youth group. You were in, you're probably like late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands youth group person. Yeah, right at the early 2000s. I think I joined, because our okay. started at sixth grade, so I was like 2001 or two, something like that. Okay. So walk me through that experience. Tell me what that was like growing up um, in a youth group with a you know big church that had, you know, yeah. a hard floor gym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a hardwood floor gym. Thank you very much. Um, my church 
had a big boom in like the early nineties of like youth group culture. Like they finally like, let's really like go crazy with like youth programs and stuff. And they would do like these, they would take like 200 kids to like a summer camp, like every year, like just our like kids, you know, it was just like a ton of, uh, sixth grade to senior in high school age kids. Um, that's a lot of smelly sixth graders. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> A ton, no deodorant, not in sight, not a single <laughs> stick of deodorant for years. Um, but we would, um, you know, just have like, so in the early, like mid nineties, they had a huge boom. So when I joined the youth group, it was just like, there's all these programs and there was like a youth band and there was ways to like get involved. And every week there was called the Wednesday night thing. Um, and it was our youth group, like was that worship the name night. of it. That was literally called, night. it was WNT Wednesday night thing. <laughs> and it was always like uh, you get there at like 630 and you'd usually have like sometimes there's like a church meal that like the old ladies would provide in like the cafeteria. We had like a little tiny kitchen. Thing. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you might get a quick bite and then usually there was like some sort of like a game like dodgeball or like capture a flag or something for like 20 minutes. And then like there was always like an hour or so of like worship and you'd like sing songs and then like our youth pastor would like preach for like 15 minutes and a lot of prayer and crying and stuff but it would get intense like i look back and there was like night because i was i did worship like the youth group band i started like in eighth grade and i mean we'd be like people on the floor like you know crying and like huddled up in the back praying with each other and like i mean it was just like big old emotional atmosphere because it was like you know real like Hillsong-y kind of youth group yeah. music. You know, it wasn't just like clap your hands and, you know, do a little dance kind of music. It was like, let's enter the the throne room kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and see, that was every week. <laughs> we would do that one. <laughs> Some We would have motions sometimes, you know, like... Um, waves of yeah, mercy, waves uh, of grace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Every, every week. But I did... That took up my high school experience was like I was doing youth group band. It was two nights a week. Cause we do practice night and then we'd have actual Wednesday. So that's how I got to just be comfortable getting in front of people and being the center of attention all the time. <laughs> look at <laughs> it, me. It did form me. I do look back and I'm like, that kind of changed my personality. Like being in front of people since like eighth grade. Yeah. So, um, is there anything, you know, I think anybody can look back on their like teenage years and be like, Jesus H Christ, <laughs> you know, um, was there any particular moment or any particular attitude that you had growing up where you look back now and you're just like, boy, I do want to just grab that kid by the shoulders. And just, you know. I mean, high school, like a little bit, I was, I was a very just like goody two shoes kind of kid for most of my life. Um, if Scott not now, I'm Scott still, I'm a bad boy now. Yeah. Scott, like <laughs> he, he's on his sixth cigarette and it's yeah. not even 11 <laughs> You can't see. Yeah. I'm just really, he's just power my he, way through this pack of marbles. He, he, looks, he looks like a bookie in the sixties. Bookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I go to a college for manager? My... Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm old Pete Rose over here. <laughs> Um, can I go to college for my cringiest moment or looking back moment? Oh, only high school. High school? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no. Go to college. Go. Let's. Uh, you should get you should you should get your degree in this podcast. Let's go to college and talk about 
I do feel like my cringiest time was in college. I, mm-hmm. um, I mean, really for a quick background, like I was in high school. I really got on like fire for the Lord. Like I, I got baptized like again, my like junior year or junior year of high school. I went to like a summer camp and I was like, I need to like recommit, like rededicate my life is what we would call it. Yeah. I made like a rededication. I never believed in rededication. You know, like my family didn't either. They thought it was a little weird, but I remember like I felt so moved by like some worship night we had. And I like went up to our youth pastor and I was like, I think I want to get, cause they were talking about like baptism that night at like a youth group thing. And and I was like, I think I need to get baptized, but like for the right reasons. Cause when I, I got baptized, I'm going to say when I was like eight, um, I kind of yeah. just followed my brother's footsteps. Cause he got like saved and baptized. And I was like, well, I want to get baptized. So I like rededicated like my, I think it was my senior year of high school. And after that moment, I just went like full, like head on. I was just like, I rededicated like, this is, you know, top 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 priority all the time i mean mm-hmm. forefront of my mind at all times so when i went to college i had that mindset of like i'm gonna change i'm gonna change purdue university like i'm going to like just completely alter the spiritual makeup of this campus single it's gonna be renamed <laughs> scott moran baptist university <laughs> yeah so so i feel like i got really kind of cringy in college um I wish I had it on hand, but my freshman year spring break, you know, we had a week off and my family went down to Florida for a a family wedding. And I think I've told you this story. Yeah. And my family was like having fun on the beach and like, they were like, Oh, like we're just, it's, it's vacation hanging out. And I was like, no, I need to make sure this time is like spent wisely. Um, so I had this notebook and I would just walk around and ask people in public, just strangers that I would walk up to that look lonely. I would like target people. I wouldn't like, it wasn't like random. I'd like be like, oh, that With person looks happy like family. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I have a feeling they're probably fine. I'm like, oh, but this like lonely little guy over here. Like, let's go talk to him. And I would just walk up and I cannot believe I would ask this to people. I would go, if you could ask God one question, what would you ask him right now? And most people would be like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't want like maybe one out of 10 yeah like one out of 10 one out of 15 uh that's just to show you how much i tried like it was one at least that's, 10 attempts in a oh, day oh man i think i would try once and just give up no i i, I call it a day i gotta show you the book but i would ask you yeah what if you ask god one question what would you be and like most people is like kind of like a little bit more lighthearted, just like oh like you know how big is the universe or like how could how is, is time travel possible like things that are kind of more fun and some people get like really deep like i remember one lady she was like why did you like take my daughter away from me when i was like uh younger or something like that or like why did my parents get divorced or like why do bad things happen to good people and i'm like a freaking like freshman in college and i remember having the audacity go well i don't have the answer but i know that the bible does and then i would whip open my Bible and try to find the most. Rel- so I was doing like speed Bible drills with people. I would just try to find a verse that was related to what they talked about. And then I would like walk them through like, Oh, see, like the Bible says about like why bad things happen to good people. And I would show like, you know, like uh Job, like we were talking about, like he it was a faithful man and God, like 
you know, sent him through these trials. And so like, and I would, and then I would ask to pray for people and try to like witness to him. That. But that was like my spring break, uh, on a family vacation, not even like a youth group trip, just a family vacation, just normal run of the mill vacation. <laughs> so, Jesus. I know I was pretty, and I would do that too. Back at when I was at Purdue, some like lunches, I would go into like, we had a common area is called like the union is like a you know like restaurants and like stuff and uh yeah. shops and i would just go around and do the same thing and i would just ask people like who are eating lunch by themselves like if you could ask god or anything what would you do <laughs> hey loser oh uh, uh, yeah hey you look lonely yeah, so look- that's probably my like looking back i'm like i shouldn't have done that that was weird yeah. uh you mentioned being on fire for god um what does that feel like? What did that feel like? And what was Ooh, that experience? That's a kind good of like? question. I just remember, and it usually was related to like a worship. And I look back mm-hmm. and I have to wonder how much of that was like emotional responses to things. Cause man, was like the environment set up for that type of experience. Like we would have this, like, you know, kind of droning, like ambient music, the lights would be dim. You'd have someone like preaching really emotionally, like God's always got you or like, he'll never leave your side. Like all you have to do is like commit your life now. Like, it's just very like, I, I don't know what the hand. I yeah. see that hand. <laughs> I see that I hand. See Thank that you. Hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. So like, it was always in a response to that. And you would feel like you were, like in sync with whatever the, like the spirit was telling you in that moment. And then I think I always just tried to like, really like let it bleed into my life after. So I'd be like, okay, well I can't just be like this on like Wednesday night. So I need to be, so I would try to like kind of push myself to be spiritual during like the normal time, like, you know, normal day hours on like a Thursday at school. Like, okay, I'm just going to like pause here. I mean, I was like really like in high school. I remember like I would just like pause in the hallway and like pray or I would just like before school in my car, I would like crack over my Bible and be like, all right, like tell me what to do. You know, it was just I was like just thought I was legitimately talking with God like all the time. So it was it was. Yeah. Being on fire you, was something. <laughs> were you bullied? Not to my face, but I'm sure <laughs> I was. <laughs> do you want to know something that you're going to hate about me? Evan. What's up? I was I was voted for prom court my senior year. So somehow I was like the most popular little like Christian goody you, boy in high school. You were the Tim Tebow of your high school. I, I think that's a perfect analogy. I was somehow like made the Tim Tebow. <laughs> like they were like, like oh. he's a cool Christian. Like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure I got bullied. By people, I'm probably the people that I walked to on the beach, like after, were like, like, geez, like, who is that? <laughs> Just jag yeah. off. Yeah, it um, was a weird time for me. So, why aren't you on fire now? What was the <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> who hurt you? Um, we talked about being on fire, we talked about like how, yeah, punchable you were in college. <laughs> um, <laughs> i was yeah uh so what happened what what was the turning point yeah um there was kind of a few different uh you know bricks that fell out of the wall i guess but the faith wall i should say but um 
I always had like questions about, I'm, I'm honestly like the stories that we talk about on this podcast, just like certain yeah. Bible stories always didn't quite jive. Um, things like the creation story or things like, you know, whatever Jonah and the whales, like, Oh, these feel like fun stories, but are they historical? But those always just kind of set in the back of my mind, but a real turning point was in college. My, my best friend at the time who was also going to be, we were both going to be pastors. We were kind of both planning to go to seminary and whatnot. Uh, he came out and I just remember thinking like, okay, well, how, if the Bible says this is a sin and, but this is like my best friend, my, like true brother in Christ here. Like, well, how am I supposed to sort of treat this? Mm-hmm. And it was just like this, it was one, like, I, I hate using like slippery slope, but it was kind of that where it was like, well, like if I, you know, if, if it's okay that he is gay and we can like justify that in the Bible, then what other things can you sort of loosen in your theology? You know, what can you sort of like make work, you know, in your life? Cause it was easy to like say like homosexuality was like a sin when you didn't know anybody that was, but then once yeah. you know somebody, you were like, Oh, they're, they're not sinning all the time. Like they're a really great person. Like this isn't what we make it out to be. So yeah, by loosening that um, and being in college and just kind of being around a lot of just, different people with different beliefs and you're not just around your same church group all the time. You realize like, Oh, people think about the Bible like differently than me, but we still count them as Christians. Like interesting. So meeting other Christians who even just thought differently. Like I met Christians who were, you know, also training to be pastors and they were like, yeah, I don't believe that like the world was created in seven days. It was like, but God like just set off evolution. And I was like, Oh, I can see that. And so having like those kind of convos too of like, okay, so we're all kind of being a little more loose with our faith than I thought. Um, and that kind of just, you know, everything started loosening up a little bit of like what was accepted as, you know, the right way of thinking about the Bible. So, um, so yeah, that basically, yeah. Yeah. With that. So obviously there's some, it, like you said, it kind of like shaking, shakes it up. And it's like, okay, yeah. these parts of the Bible are not as important as others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, where was it? Was there more of an ultimate turning point where you were sure. kind of like, cause you're not a pastor anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good um, there's a different, I think there's a difference between like, okay, like I can hold this belief right here, but what made you kind of walk away um, from yeah, that? Yeah, from being a pastor. Um, so yeah, I, I left college and then I immediately started working at a church plant and the whole goal was just to build it from scratch and invite people. It was very evangelistic and yeah. um, it was a cool church plant, you know, um, but... <laughs> They I, had the hottest worship pastor. Hottest, real hottest in the game, you know, just yeah. <laughs> a real hottest Tim worship pastor in the 317. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I started that and I like I I had a pretty I was still clinging to a, a very traditional sense of like the Southern Baptist theology, but I was still I was also very progressive though at that time. Um, like I was I didn't consider like homosexuality or, or to be gay, like a sin at that point when I started the church, like I didn't mm-hmm. think like, um, I, like I didn't have any problem with like women bleeding in the church, but it was one of those things where I was like, well, the place where I get my paycheck from does. So I kind of have to keep quiet about some of these topics. Mm-hmm. So 
that was always a rub for me was that I had personal beliefs and that even other pastors also agreed with me. Like even other pastors like, yeah, it's kind of silly that women can't be pastors, but we get our check from like the bigger convention and they look down upon that. So we just have to kind of follow in line. So that always felt weird. Was like, well, we have a direct communication with God. Why don't we just ask him what he thinks about this stuff? And then we just go with what God says. And people will be like, well, it's more, it's more complicated than that. But we got to, you know, be patient with them. And so I always just felt kind of icky that like we kind of knew that there was outdated beliefs and incorrect, I would even say beliefs like in theologies, but we would just kind of push them anyway, just because that was, that's just how it was done. And those people give us the money. So stuff like that started rubbing the wrong way. And then as far as like theology, what that's why I brought this little book in front of me today was like, I really started questioning the uh, ex- existence, and like the validity of hell in the Bible. And that was a really big turning point. Like mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was like, maybe Jesus isn't discussing like hell the way we thought it is. Like it's this physical place where you just like suffer for eternity. But what if it's just, what if it's a place that like, it's just here on earth and it's like people, it's a consequence of people's actions. Like if you're, if you're an asshole, like you're going to experience hell for like a little bit, you know, like you, you have hell to pay, like, and it's just how you live your life. Um, so I started like grappling with that of like, Hmm, like maybe, maybe hell is not like this fire and brimstone place. And so maybe there is like a greater, so it's my, again, my theologists start kind of like loosening up more of like, okay, so if hell is not real, then what's the implications? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's like ex- an exact turning point, but I, one night I specifically remember I was leading a Bible study and some, we were asking questions and my wife asked a question about the Bible. Like, hmm, like this one verse doesn't quite make sense. And someone said like, well, you can't question God's like word. You just can't question it. You just have to trust it and believe it. And I remember like looking at my wife at that night and going like, that felt weird. Like don't ask questions. Yeah. And I feel like people have said that to me before. I'm sure they did, but that particular night, it like just sat with us so weird of like, we can't ask questions about the, like the book that we're trying to learn about and study yeah. and just uh, get an understanding point? of. What's yeah. What's the point of study at that point? Right. It was just like, this is studying. This is supposed to be the place to ask questions and like mm-hmm. try to, you know, discuss answers. And it was like, we started barking up a certain tree and suddenly people were like, just don't talk about that. And that's when I was like, I don't, this is whole thing is just broken. like. It is just built on people just kind of following. And and this is to be like clear is that I don't think there's like ill natured or like people all throughout the church. Like I think a lot of people, right. it's very complicated, but there are some people that they only push it because it's all they know. And they don't, they're scared of like the unknown and asking those questions. Mm-hmm. And I am a very inquisitive person. and I want to learn about these things. And I take it serious. I took my face so seriously that I asked too many questions about it. That's probably the best way to sum it up is I just took it so dang seriously. I mean, I fanboyed it. It's like, if you were a huge fan of like the Lord of the Rings, I mean, if you've met someone like that, they have read the books 20 times. They know every single plot point. They know where this map came from. That's how I felt about the Bible. It's like, I just fanboyed. I like read it. I was just like always reading, like, what did this come from? Who wrote this? Who's the author? And you start realizing there's a lot of like, gaps of like oh we actually don't know who wrote most of the bible like oh we actually don't know like why this book is even included in the bible and so then things just really started 
too many questions. And I, I felt like at that point I was like, I wasn't ready to give up church, but I was like, I don't think I can be a pastor anymore. I was like, I can't be a someone who's leading and who's like the face of a church when I have all these questions. So that was how I decided to step down. Cause I was like, I'm just not fit to be leading people. If I don't even know if I have all these questions and clearly like they're not, you know, um, uh, good questions asked or they're not, you know, they're not welcome questions. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, that was kind of a tipping point. And how do you feel now? Like having gone through that? Um, it was probably the hardest thing I ever did in my like whole life. Like it mm-hmm. was, I was like really scared. I thought like my family was going to just leave. I thought like, I knew all my friends were going to think cause they were all like church friends for the most part, except you know, this guy right here, but, but you were still at the church too. So it was like, you know, I, I, didn't I know tried to thought. evangelize to Scott and I <laughs> asked him if you could ask God one question. What would it be? <laughs> and he promptly told me to walk out into traffic. <laughs> I wish you did at that point. That would have been so great. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, so I, but how do you feel like now? Like, how do you feel like yeah, after going through this well, on the other side of it? Yeah, I think it was a really hard thing, but because of it, I felt like I really grew as a person. I just okay. felt like I learned, I learned that like, it's okay. You, you have to do like tough things in life to like move forward. Like you can't just like stick with the status quo. So yeah. I feel like I really learned that you need to kind of stick up for yourself and you can't just like be afraid to ask questions or kind of be on your own and do something scary. But, um, but is it overall, like as far as like, you know, spiritually and like, and just me emotionally and physically, I honestly like feel like it was a really helpful move for me. I felt like it gave me a lot of, I didn't have as much, like, I don't have like cognitive dissonance all the time of like, well, I, you know, I go to this church that believes this, but I believe something that's the opposite or, you know, I'm leading a church and, you know, I have to always be representing what I think I'm believing. And, um, so a lot of pressure just got lifted off. Like I felt like this weight of just like, I have to like have everything figured out. I'm like, I just live in this state of like, I don't think I'm right about really a lot of things. Like two plus two is four, I think, (laughs) but yeah. Like there's always room for like, why well, let's figure it out. I mean, I love like, this is like side note, but it's like, I love like watching like little engineering videos and little like, uh, like how things are made kind of stuff. Cause I love just figuring out like, how do things that we take for granted work, you know, like little, yeah. little motors and stuff. So it's the same thing. It's like, I just, I love being inquisitive and like living in this, like, yeah, we just, we're kind of figuring things out on the fly as we yeah. keep going. Um, so we talked about kind of youth group. We talked about your cringy moment, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is part of your life. Your your life is the sum of all of its parts. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're thankful for um, growing up mm. in church and, you know, being a pastor Definitely. and being uh, yeah, really on fire and awkward in college? <laughs> you know, Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I am. Definitely. Like, I, I don't look back with like disgust, like, oh, those years, like, um, I mean, in college, I probably could have loosened up a little bit. definitely like, stop doing that. Hey, quit. 
no, stop, don't drink. You know, I was very like too goody goody throughout that, but yeah. whatever. It, it, like, like you were telling in your story, honestly, it kept me out of trouble in like high school and college. Like, I was so forthright on being like following, you know, following orders and following the law that I was just like, I stayed out of trouble all the time. But the thing, the things I'm really thankful for is, uh, all that like Bible study and like prayer meetings and community groups and all this really, I realize that other people don't have as much exposure to just talking about their day and their feelings with other people all the time. I realize that as an adult now in my thirties, like not a lot of people check in like for real with you, you know, you might get people at work like, Hey, how was your weekend? It's like, Oh good. You know, like whatever. But like, that was the one thing from church that I, I think a lot of people really look forward to is they get that time of like, you get this intentional time with people where they're like, how are you doing? And how can I, like, what things are you having problems with? So just having like a weekly check-in was probably so good for my emotional and like, just like social development as a person. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And I think it brought me a lot of, I learned how to communicate you know, and just like work through, you know, like you're working through like a parable of Jesus or like a Bible story. And like, how does it mean? What does this mean to you? And you have to kind of make these connections in your brain. So I was doing that for a long time. So I feel like it kind of helped me be creative and just think a lot mm-hmm. versus just being like, I don't know, some riffraff kid like skateboarding, you know, down to <laughs> skateboarding and smoking cigarettes and whatnot. I was in church. Skateboarding and cursing. <laughs> And gambling and dancing. And <laughs> so, yeah, not I, at I was the church casino. <laughs> gambling outside of the church casino. 40 days. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. So, that, that's, I mean, I, I feel similar that I didn't, you know, get into trouble. Um, yeah. But we almost like swung in the entire opposite direction where it was like, we, uh, we're so outside of trouble that we didn't really know what trouble was. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's something, so you're 97 years old now. Um, Ow. <laughs> My body. <laughs> Ow. Everything hurts. hurts. Uh, no, but like what's something you would tell yourself 10 years ago? What's, what's some hindsight advice that you would have? As a 97-year-old, what would I tell him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's something you would tell yourself at 87? Uh, um, stretch more? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did I tell my past self? Uh, yeah. I'd probably look at, like, high school version of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I'd probably just ask, like, you know, like, what do you really, what do you really believe? Or what are you just believing just because it's convenient and it's what's been like given to you. But I don't know if high school Scott would really care. He'd be like, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm going to go play Halo. Yeah. I'm going to go play, going to go play Halo and I don't know, ride bikes. <laughs> no. Um, I think I would just tell myself like, you're going to be okay. Like, and you can ask questions and you should be able to, you you have the right to try to find an answer and don't be afraid to 
ask those questions. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I asked them a little earlier. I, guess. I just wish like a younger version of me could have gone, hmm, like some of this doesn't quite line up with how I view the world. And maybe yeah. I should start kind of investigating this a little bit more. Um, don't take yourself too seriously either. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's I would a really say. good, yeah, really good motto for like college Christians is just you know relax, don't take yourself too seriously. What is about college like Christians? Like, is it because high school we had like a few people that were like on fire, on fire, but then I got to college and it was like it exploded. There was just like no Christian like just everywhere i think i think it's like the risk of being on your own and it's like oh i have to go hard in one direction i think so too yep um they like pick a lane they're like i'm gonna just drill down in this yeah yep driving slow in this lane (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing your story scott like this is it's i've known a little bit about it and so to know to dive in a little bit more of course uh, it's kind of cool, and I think, or um, hopefully, you, our listener, enjoyed uh, Scott's story. And I hope you know, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll, sure, hope so. Um, but we want to hear from uh, yeah. you all. Uh, you can email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail dot com, um, or you can tweet at us, talk to us on Instagram. Um, at Unblessed Pod, and then we also have a TikTok uh, called Woo. Unblessed Pod. <laughs> Woo! Um, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you very much for listening. My name is Evan. I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. <laughs>